Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner. I'm Zip, and it has been a contentious week for me. I am feeling the rage. You you are like feisty tonight. I Rawr. am. Is what I would say if you were a woman, because let's be misogynistic. Right. You'd also <laughs> grab me by the cat. Oh, I like that. I, like, I actually I, have a cat. He's right here. Ninja's right over here. I, I haven't heard anybody talking about the cat for um, a long time. I think Steve Elkington, the the former PGA golfer, was the last person I heard use the term. I, I, like I don't know that. what you're saying. No, I don't either. But actually, I do. And it's awesome. <laughs> Great. Now, I, now I'm enraged and confused. <laughs> Dangerous waters, man. Hey, um, before we get too off tr- topic, let's uh, thank our friends and sponsors. Our friends are at truckradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbook audio, stitcher.com, WP web hosting, radio KSCR, and Geek Factor Radio. Did you say WP web hosting? WP cycle, you mean? Yes, but they do web hosting, so yes. I wasn't wrong per se. Aren't you glad that I paid attention? Eh. <laughs> Honestly, I'm a little ambivalent on it right now. Just feeling a little feisty. Mm. So, in a completely off-topic conversation here, the reason I'm feeling kind of enraged this week. Uh, so, for those of us who don't live in the U.S., for those of our listeners, uh, of course, it's October. It's uh, the October right before an election, which means it's surprise October. Uh, which, honestly, I don't know why we still call it that. Because, honestly, it's not a surprise. It's a, what comes out though is the surprise. Yeah, but what's come out so far, let's be honest, is not a surprise. No, not really. No, We've, no, it's, it's really not. We have a pig and we have a corrupt beyond belief individual. Yeah. Um can you tell that we're we are completely bipartisan here because we don't really like either party. That we, ha- aside, we hate them both equally. Yes. <laughs> um that aside it's this time of year, this time of every four years, where people who I thought were intelligent friends start posting the dumbest stuff online. And I if I think I have made it uh, abundantly clear over the many years we've done this show that if there's one thing that really gets my go, it's people who aren't using any kind of critical thought. No critical thinking at all. You don't have to agree with my critical thinking, so long as I can see that you're doing your own critical thinking. I truly, I, I truly don't care. It's the people, you know. I and I've written about it on the site back before Bill Cosby was a a no talk topic about that email that went around that was attributed to him. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm eighty and tired, or whatever. I'm yeah. forty and tired. I just, I don't get enough sleep. Wasn't attributed to him at all. And you know what's even worse about Facebook memes is when Facebook memes are happening during an election cycle. You know, though, talking about that, the memification of our news, and I use that term very loosely because, I mean, we were talking about it before the show. A lot of what's out there being passed off as news is merely opinion. Mm-hmm. And I I think that that doesn't only apply to politics, but it's starting to creep into other areas like tech, which is where it affects us. We don't pretend to be like unbiased news people. We take we take topics and we and we commentate on them. We are commentators. 
and or as I like to say, idiots with microphones. But you look at the majority of people are getting their news from sites like Reddit, which can be reliable depending, and Facebook and Twitter. How much news are you going to get in 140 characters? How much news are you going to actually get in uh, in a meme with Hillary Clinton's face on it? You know, you're it's it's a waste if you're trying to get legitimate information. Yeah. And people are so fast to say, oh, well, I am now educated on this particular nuance of political commentary because I read a picture with someone's name on it. Yeah. No, guess, guess what? You're not. <laughs> yeah. It, it's infuriating. It, it truly is infuriating. So that is why I'm feeling the rage right now. Um, yeah. Let's go right into Facebook, shall we? No, we got, we got I'm feedback. Sorry. Feedback. We got feedback. You want to read it feedback? or shall I? We got, we got feedback from Kyle. We did, but we also have feedback from Glue. Let's start with Glue because he sent okay. his first in first. Okay. Okay. Um, his uh, topic is taking classes to become Ultra Lord of Intergalactic Webules. Um, that sounds like a made up title. I can't be certain. I don't think it's a real title, though. <laughs> you may want to make sure you're not taking classes at one of those for profit colleges that just makes up titles that they'll give you. Um, Okay, so he says, short versions. I've had these power line adapters for a couple weeks now. They work pretty good. Um, so I suggested to Glue a while back uh, about using power line adapters when he was asking about Wi-Fi throughout the large house. Long version. I did the speed test a few times. Lowest I got was 10 megabits. Down highest was 24 megabits. I've been playing Destiny through this and watching Netflix. I have mine hooked up to a Switch, so I have both my computer and Xbox hooked up. After a week of using mine, I bought two for my brothers, and they have theirs hooked up to a router, so now we all have better Wi-Fi down here. Speed test going on Wi-Fi would give me five down. Gaming was not great. Uh, one of the brothers has said that his connection will drop when the washer and dryer are on. Um, the box with instructions says it's because the adapter and washer are on the same circuit. Thanks for recommending these. Glue. Uh, glue, actually, uh, truth be told, dryers pull 220 volts. Uh, they uh, achieve this by using both rails that go into the house. Most houses have two rails. Uh, one rail will go to the 110. Uh, the other rail may go to other 110s. And... 220s use both rails. So, yeah, that's what's happening there is the dryer is kicking on. And because the dryer will take a sudden power surge when it hits on the element or when it starts running the motor, suddenly it screws with all the rails. Yeah. So, and you're and right. if, <laughs> if there is a third rail going in, don't pee on it because, you know, that's going to hurt. Good idea in a home. Don't pee in the circuit breaker in general. Well, there is. In fact, any spot on the wall. I'm just going to throw that out there. That's a top tip. (laughs) Pro tip. Use the toilet. Yeah. I want you to put that on Twitter right now. Stolen Droids pro tip. Peeing on the wall does not help your Wi-Fi signal. Consider it done. (laughs) Um, Glue, I'm glad that's working out for you. Yeah, if uh, to remind our listeners, if you have a home where you need wireless internet or wired internet a great distance away from anything that's convenient and you don't want to run wire, power line adapters are really great. Mocha adapters are great too, but power line's cheaper. Go for it. Um, We have another one uh, from Paul, and he says that he's an abandoned stepchild. Well, you are a redhead, right? Isn't Paul from across the sea where they're all redheads over there? Is he from, is he our Irish buddy? 
I believe so, yes. Um, he says, I always thought as a Nexus owner, I would be among the privileged few to receive updates straight from the nourishing nipples of Google. Well, that's a mental picture. However, like a stepchild whose family, whose new family has decided to make a pure baby, now I don't get the cool toys. To be clear by toys, I mean Pixel Launcher and Google Assistant, not the one baked into Allo. Huawei was never on my radar as a premium manufacturer until Google announced the 6P. However, the partnership gave me confidence that Google would never, was never going to pick an unsuitable womb to plant its seed. Things are getting really intimate in this email. Um, I think I'm, I'm feeling correct. a little dirty. <laughs> I think I'm correct in saying that the 6P has been successful line with little problem, especially hardware wise. Why has Google abandoned me for its new kid? Well, it's because you are a redheaded stepchild, Paul, and you talk about nipples and wombs. I'm just saying was Billy Bush helping you write this email or what? Um, no, there was no cats in it. It was a cat free email. Son, do we need to have a cat talk? Um, I don't know. You've had nexuses and we've nexuses, nexi. And we've talked about this on previous shows about how Google is doing away with the nexus line and going with pixel and Google has, this is an update. It's not in our show notes, so it should be. Google has clarified that even though Verizon is going to be the one pushing out updates for the pixel and the pixel XL, they will be happening in sync with Google updates, which is nice, is nice, uh, but we've yet to see it in practice and if it's actually going to happen or not. Yeah, that is true, because, you know, getting that bloatware to work on a phone takes time. It does. It does. Um, I don't know. You're going to have to let me know if anyone ever gets the Pixel, if they're getting updates as fast as expected. Though that is a good point, that as his Nexus is, he will not be able to get those features that the Pixel has. He's just going to be like one of us. One of us. One of us. He'll have to wait to get those cool features like a peasant. Yeah, that really sucks. I I mean, I keep seeing all this talk about developer preview, the final developer preview for 7.1, and I'm still here rocking six, wanting my seven. Mm-hmm. And it just, it it's really hard for me, having been on a Nexus for the last few years, and actually getting those updates in a timely manner. And now I'm having to wait six months, a year, who knows how long. You could get seven. You just have to root your phone and break Samsung Pay. Yeah, which I don't want to do because I love (laughs) Samsung Pay. Even worse, if you root your phone, you can't even go to Android Pay. I know. It's ridiculous. Um, Okay, so now the email from Kyle. Uh, Hi, guys. I've been thinking a lot about this latest issue with the Samsung Galaxy Note 7 and its tendency to go from hot to smoky to explodey, so much so (laughs) that they've now permanently discontinued all production of the product. Well, thanks for blowing our first headline there, Kyle. Uh, There are a couple things I'd like to hear your take on. I, like I am sure you and many others, have noticed that phone manufacturers have gone completely to sealing the battery compartment. It wasn't so long ago that not too many phones had sealed back panels and battery compartments, and I believe it to be those phones' advantage that they allowed the battery to be removed at the user's discretion. I'm not quite sure why this trend is occurring. Are they so jealous of Apple that they have to make it look like an iPhone, seal up everything so the user can't access it? That is what Apple does. I thought that one of the big points of not having an iPhone was that it was different from an iPhone. It did things that iPhones didn't do. 
I like having a removable battery or expandable on device storage. So with that said, would you like the battery accessible for removal replacement back? Or do you like the current trend of sealed back panel battery compartments? Do you believe that if Samsung had a removable battery back panel compartment, they wouldn't have had to shut down this entire product line? Thanks, Kyle. Wow. A lot of info there. Um, first off, I don't know if you're meaning to, but you're almost word for word quoting the old Motorola Droid um, advertisements. Before anyone knew what an Android was, uh, there was that teaser trailer, um, Droid Does. Droid Does allow you to change the battery. Droid yeah. Does allow you to upgrade the memory. Droid Does. And everyone's sitting there going, what the crap is Droid? Obviously, they're making fun of iPhones, but what the crap is a Droid? Like, no one knew. No one had a clue. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know if you're meaning to, but yeah, it was becoming very reminiscent of that. As for modern phones, let's see here. So the Galaxy S7 and Note 7 and S7 Edge are all sealed. Um, LGs aren't and haven't been. Um, was the 6P and 5X sealed? I don't know. Uh, the 5 was. I think most Nexus devices were. Yeah, I think I think so. Kyle, I don't know if it's true that all of them are. I know that the S7 and its line were sealed probably to make waterproofing a lot easier. Which makes sense. Sure, it makes total sense because they probably could have waterproofed it even with a removable battery, but it made it easier to manufacture waterproofed by not. Of course, I do think you're right. I think that decision's coming back to bite them because if... What's wrong with the S7, the Note 7, is simply the battery? Then, yeah, mailing out brand new batteries would have been a lot easier. Yeah, although there are some rumors that Samsung doesn't know that it's actually the battery that's causing the problem. I saw something that said it had to do with the processor overheating. Um, the it was tied to the battery, but it the the actual problem was the processor was overheating, which was then causing battery to to go boom. Yeah, uh, and I don't believe I, the last thing I read was that they still honestly don't know what's causing yeah. the problem. Yeah, and so I mean the removable battery may may even be a moot point in this in this conversation. It may not have anything to do with it or have any impact whatsoever. Right. So but um, I, I do not like the sealed battery compartments personally. No, um, I don't either. I don't mind them at the same time. Uh, I have noticed that my S7 doesn't get nearly as much pocket lint inside the phone as a result. That is true. And my LG G3, which I love that phone, but it did. It got a ton in there. Just dust around the cracks, stuff that you can't help. It just happens. And I get that. Yeah. But I don't have to worry about it now. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. Got that going for us. So it's kind of a, it's a hit or miss, whether or not you like. Um, but no, I agree with you. If in, in a perfect world, I wouldn't have to worry about dust. It would be waterproof, and I would have a removable battery. Yeah. Yeah, it's... But, you know, you sacrifice some things when you have certain features. And like you're saying, you get dust, you get other stuff. You know, maybe it's a good trade-off. I don't know. I haven't really needed a removable battery for years. My first Android phone, I would root and flash new ROMs on uh, constantly. I was constantly getting new ROMs. 
And as a, as a result, I needed to pop that battery quite frequently because the phone would just lock up. But, you know, I've been stock now for last three phones, I think, mm-hmm. ever since my S3. Uh, does that mean that we are uh, we're old? Uh, I, I just I don't think there's as much need to flash custom ROMs anymore like there was back mm-hmm. in the day. We, well, that's been our constant thing um, back in the day, and I'm going to be repeating myself because we've talked about this in the past as well. Schmidt yeah. used to modify Xboxes because the original Xbox could do a lot, but it wasn't allowed. It was locked in the software, and yeah. so he would modify them and mod them like crazy. And then the 360 came out, and, oh, the 360 allows you to do that. Well, I guess there's no reason to mod anymore. Yeah. You know, and as Android has evolved, it's kind of taken away the need. I mean, it's still nice to have root access for some things, but, you know, when I'm out, when I'm at home, I don't have ads on my phone because I've got my pie hole set up on my network. But if I'm out and about, I get ads on the phone, but as a trade off for not using an ad blocker, I get to use Samsung Pay. So. Mm-hmm. You give and you get. Yep. Um, well, moving into our headlines, one of the first things that uh, we get, thank you, Kyle, for ruining this. Um, and I just lost my entire show notes. Yeah, Google just logged me out, too. I'm surprised it didn't drop our call. I know. That was weird. <laughs> Thanks, Google. Okay, so, yes, as Kyle mentioned, the S7 has, sorry, the Note 7, I'm going to have to really clarify that, um, has been permanently discontinued. Um, our last episode, episode 287, dropped on a Monday, and then Tuesday morning, as I'm listening to it on the way into work, oh, that's right, that's now um, out of date. They actually just stopped it. Uh, they have decided to permanently discontinue it. They want people to send in the phones. And um, they're offering refunds. So if you switch to another Samsung phone, they will let you switch to it, and they'll give you $100. Which is nice. You, which is nice, especially because the Note 7 was more expensive uh, than many other phones. So even between uh, the S, the Note 7 and everything else, that $100 almost just kind of makes up the difference. If you go to another phone that isn't a Samsung phone, I think it's like 25 they'll give you. Yeah. So they're trying really hard to keep their market share. And in its defense, I mean, I know I talked last week about not knowing if my S7 was going to explode on me or not. Switching from a Note 7 to an S7 or S7 Edge and getting $100 in the process, not a bad deal. It's still a good phone. It's really not. You know, the, it's interesting because a lot of the people who who like the Note 7 like it because, one, it's larger. But, two, it's got the S Pen stylus. Mm-hmm. And they're losing those two features. And there's not really anything on the market that's comparable. Yeah, we've got the S7 and the S7 Edge, which, you know, similar interface and whatnot. But there's not really anything comparable to the Note 7 out there that I can think of. And so I kind of feel bad for these these users because they're kind of screwed if they want something comparable. (laughs) <laughs> my my friend who has a Note 7 uh, just posted to Facebook, this is Galaxy Note 7 signing off. Hashtag, this phone is on fire. That's and he, awesome. has, he has a picture from Zoolander, and it says, Galaxy Note 7 is so hot right now. And it's, yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, now, the he, big problem easily is... Easily distracted. 
I am. It happens with the rage. Now, the big problem here is, is that how is Samsung going to get these phones back? Well, they started mailing out these return boxes. They're lined with a fireproof insulation. You put them in a bag, you put the bag inside this fireproof box, you mail them back. Which is hilarious, except for the fact is, yeah, that's going to have to be kind of how it's done. What's worse is the fact that they've flat out said they're not going to be refurbishing these phones, which means they're slated for destruction. Which is a huge amount of e-waste when you think about it. Yeah, it's it's an environmental nightmare from what I've been reading. Um, And even more problematic is that on top of that, many carriers, like in the uh, the mail system in the UK and many US carriers have said flat out they will refuse to ship returned Note 7s back to Samsung. So what does Samsung do in this case? I... If they can't get the phones back, I mean, obviously people are taking them to, or, or being advised rather to take them to their carrier. But then what do the carriers do? I think the carrier's only option is, and it's going to cost Samsung if they want to do this, but to charter their own trucks. Wow. That's That's going to have to be, because if you think about it, like I'm surprised that the United States Postal Service hasn't said anything about this yet. It is illegal to mail any flammable or combustible materials through the U.S. Post. Yeah, you can't send a bomb. Yeah, it's always been that way, right? Like even um, I remember back in the day when I used to backpack a lot, they had just come out with a new type of gas canister for backpacking stoves. Um, They're built in such a way that they were independent of altitude. So even if you were at the top of a mountain, you still got a good flame to cook your food, right? The problem was is that uh, you couldn't buy the canisters from the store, from the uh, manufacturer, because they couldn't ship fuel canisters in the mail out to you. Yeah. So you had to hope that your local outdoor supply store carried them. If not, you were out of luck. Um, well, so it makes sense then that a phone that's malfunctioning and the malfunction is, oh, by the way, it may become a bomb. That's not something freight carriers are going to want to have. No, I, you've got airlines saying, please don't put your note seven turned on on our plane. If you're going to have it, keep it turned off. But that doesn't really make a difference because the thing's still a bomb. Right. And could you imagine being a a FedEx driver and you're just there driving down the road and all of a sudden you've got 18 note sevens in the back that start smoking and catching fire. And I mean, this is, this is just bad. It's really bad. I really think the only option they have is to hire their own freight service. Now, the logistics of the physical phone aside, what does this mean for Samsung? Well, unfortunately, here's where it gets a little bit tricky because a lot of different news sources are kind of screwing everything up. Uh, one site says, well, they've lost uh, $3 billion uh, in the device. Another person is saying, oh, they lost $17 billion in the device. Some people are saying that $17 billion is projected sales of the device. In truth, as of um, the 11th, so two days ago, we're recording this on Thursday, we're recording this on time, gasp. As of Tuesday, um, the $17 billion figure was the estimated valuation of Samsung. 
as a corporation, meaning that their stock had dropped enough that the valuation of the company was $17 billion, not 17 billion real dollars. Yes, rough. I know I just made your head explode. I'm sorry. But if that the company was to be sold right now, it's worth $17 billion less than it was a week ago. Okay, so when, not $17 billion total, $17 billion less than it was. Right. Okay, because I think I saw something that said their their market value right now is about $58 billion. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, so it's really tricky. It's not particularly clear, and it's not helped by the fact that many news sources can't seem to figure this out either. But the truth is, is that Samsung will recover from this, but it's going to hurt especially because the mobile division is their most profitable division and it's now just hemorrhaging. Yeah, they've reduced their their quarterly earnings by a third, I think. I mean, this is this is a big deal, but you stop and you think about it. In addition to in addition to uh the the recall and the reimbursing customers, refunding customers, They've got one of their flagships that's been retired six months early. Mm-hmm. If I mean, has it been out that long? Six months? Is it newer than since that? Since announcement, not since launch. Okay, so I mean, it's it's being retur- retired very prematurely. So that's a lot of sales they're, that they're missing out on. Plus, I saw something that said somewhere around forty percent of Note Seven customers will never purchase a Samsung again because of the the way that this has been handled and they've just completely lost trust. Samsung really screwed up when they came out and said, yes, it's fixed. And then all of a sudden they started blowing, the replacement phones started blowing up. And so right. there's there's a lot of credibility that got lost there. And so not only are they losing out potential market by not having their flagship, they've damaged public perception I don't think it's beyond repair, but it's going to take a lot of time and money to get that built back up to where it used to be. Well, and then see, and then there's another uh, site. Uh, it's a Russian site. Uh, they, they claim they have a source that claims. So how many degrees of separation is this? A site claims that a Russian site claims that their source claims that the South Korean manufacturing company, Samsung, is considering like how many is it? Like is that six degrees of separation right there? Uh, con- <laughs> Samsung is considering getting rid of the Galaxy Note brand and just doing away with it entirely. Yeah, Which naming the next point, one something else. I don't know that that's a bad idea. I don't either. But at the same time, the Note brand this is a misfire. The Notes in general have been incredibly popular. They've always been a niche product. Not everyone wants a giant phone with a stylus, but. They've been, they have a diehard following that when the S7 came out and the S7 Edge came out, the first thing people were saying was, where's the, where's the note? We want the note. Yeah. I don't know if this would be wise for them to completely get rid of the name just because of a misfire. But that being said, I didn't catch fire from my phone. So maybe I can't speak for everyone. Yeah, it's this is going to be really interesting to see what happens in the next year with Samsung. Now, there is a way they can come back from this with the next one. If they were to say, if they just pulled out all the stops 
They're under great pressure now to pull out all the stops for the next one. We're sorry about the last one. This one is meant to make you forget everything that happened wrong to your Note 7. It has 3D cameras. It has built-in VR. It can get calls in deep space. It never loses Wi-Fi signal, no matter how far away you are from a, from your home. Um, you know what I'm saying? It, it preemptively knows what you're buying, and Samsung Pay activates from within your pocket and pays the bill. You know, some kind of magical technology that makes us forget all of this. However... The danger there is that means that Samsung is under pressure to push new, untested hardware or software out to the public to drive things forward when that may not be the wisest thing right now. Yeah. Um, we're already starting to starting to hear stuff about the Galaxy S8. And... It ca- it causes me a little bit of concern because r- they did rush the Note Seven when the what was it iPhone Seven wasn't as well received as as Apple had hoped. They did rush the Note Seven and they admitted that they rushed the Note Seven, which in hindsight was probably a very foolish thing to do. <laughs> However, we're starting to now see a lot of rumors regarding the the S Eight. And, you know, you just you just said they've got to come out with the next big thing. They've got to I mean, this thing's got to be magic in your pocket. And it makes me worry that they're going to start to rush that as well and focus all their development efforts into the next big thing. And those of us who have the S7 and are waiting for Android Nougat are just sitting here continuing to wait for Android Nougat Nougat. Well, that's not even what I mean. I mean, let's let, let's say that. Okay, oh no, Sam's- I, no, I know it's not, but that that's my concern. True, and, and you're not wrong for that, having that concern. But my concern would be more along the lines of, okay, we need the Note Eight to make everyone forget the Note Seven ever happened. I know holographic displays that when you turn it on, the display actually looks like it's hovering above the phone and allows you to interact with it in a 3D space. That'll just be awesome. It'll blow everyone's mind. It's the next best thing. Everyone will be trying to keep up with us. Oh, no. This brand new technology has exploded in someone's face and has blinded them. Oh, no. It's happened again. There's now five of them. Everything's gone sideways. That's it. That's the end of Samsung mobility. Like one year of fires from a battery is bad. They can recover. If they try and force out prototype hardware for next year to make us impressed and it fails, that's it. They're done. Their credibility is gone. Yeah. I I don't think they come back from another, another misstep like this. Now, to be fair, I feel like we're playing both sides here because we have said on record in the past that the phone industry needs to do something to push us to the next step that this constant reiteration of the same themes over and over and over is no longer interesting us that the entire market has plateaued because of it yeah. you know and we we said it about the iPhone 7 oh yay another iPhone this one has a 7 <laughs> where's the headphone jack yeah i i mean no one was impressed even apple fans were impressed no they weren't so 
and, and all phone manufacturers are guilty of that. So I feel kind of guilty saying that, well, everyone needs to push out the next big thing. And then in the next breath saying Samsung has to be careful about rushing the next big thing because they can't afford another failure. Well, no, I think that I think that that's a really good point, though, because they do need they got to get their crap together. They're losing sales. They've got opportunity sales that are gone. I mean, they've they've got to do something to recover. But on the other hand, they need to be very wise about how they do it or else it's just going to screw them over. I mean, horribly, horribly yeah. screw them over. So no, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think we're talking out of both sides of our mouth at all on that, because they both need to happen. <laughs> I've never understood that phrase. I talk out of all sides of my mouth. I know. I do too. Unless you've got like Bell's palsy or a stroke victim or something, then or, then or you stitched stitched like the center of your mouth closed. But that's dumb because how are you going to eat? Just through the one side, like through a straw. A straw, yeah. Meatloaf is horrible through a straw. I Sushi know. is not at all good. I, I've had salmon pate. I imagine that sushi would be like a worse version of pate. Uh, salmon pate is what I feed my cat. Not that cat. Not like the Donald Trump cat. Like my actual cat. I just had all sorts of horrible images go through my head. Walk up to my wife. Hey, baby, slap some salmon pate on that. <laughs> That's how you know I'm interested. Joe's like having a stroke right now as she listens to this episode. <laughs> She's like, I need to renegotiate. I need to get them off the station. <laughs> yeah, good times. Did Sorry, Zook Joe. Just, did Zook just talk about sexually assaulting his wife with salmon pate? <laughs> I believe the answer to that is yes. <laughs> Eat up. Okay, so. But the interesting thing is, it's still less than what Trump said. I know. Uh, um, finishing up the Samsung news and kind of a, huh, I hadn't thought of that, but no duh moment of news. Uh, Oculus has disabled support for the, Ocu for the Gear VR app on Note 7 devices. Uh, if you needed to remember, the... The Gear VR is the Samsung-branded Oculus Rift that takes a Samsung device and turns it into a Oculus Rift. That seemed seemed like a much more elaborate description than I needed. <laughs> it's cheaper than an Oculus Rift. It's better than a cardboard. It is arguably the best VR for the money you can get. But if you're afraid of your Note 7 blowing up in your pocket, you're probably more scared of it blowing up in your eyes. So this was probably a good move. I, th I think that was a very good move on, yeah, I, on their part. I don't think the uh, the Gear VR was built with safety glass. And I don't think those lenses are, like, blast resistant. Yeah, that's just... Yeah, that's just crazy. I, I can't even imagine having that blow up in my face. But I love how when you put your phone in, when you put your Note 7 into the Gear VR. I oh, mean, yeah. What's, what's the warning? Because the warning it, is hilarious. Yeah, it says customer safety is Oculus's top priority. Oculus is removing support for all Note 7 devices on the Oculus platform. Until further notice, Note 7 devices will not be compatible with the Gear VR. For more information regarding the Note 7, please contact Samsung directly. So, yeah. 
If you want to use your Samsung Note 7 with your Gear VR, contact Samsung directly. See if they can make that work for you. I I love this because it's it's hilarious to me. Okay, so you've disabled it so people can't use it. But they're going to have to use it at least long enough to read the notice that it is currently displaying through the Gear VR. It's awesome, isn't it? It's like, really, they should have that warning text, but 3D fire going on behind it just to really <laughs> drive home how much you shouldn't be doing this. What they need is like a person on fire running back and forth behind the text. And the fire needs to be around their head since that's where it would happen using the, the Gear VR. It's a funny. It's kind of funny when you think about it. Samsung has successfully built a phone that you can use while sitting in the tub, but not while just using in general. Maybe you should only use your Note 7 while in the tub. Like it would counteract it? Yeah. I mean, if it, if it starts to smoke and explode, just dunk it under the water real quick. I... I, I... To be fair, we keep saying explode because that's good comedy. Um, no Samsung device has exploded yet. It just kind of smolders, they, burns. They, and they have a lot. caught fire though. The, yeah. I mean, we we did report on a guy who got some pretty serious burns from from. In fact, no, I think it did explode. I think we've had a couple that have exploded. Oh wait, there was that one that was used by that little kid. Yeah, there was one that was used. Yeah, there have been some that exploded. So. Oh, good. Retract your statement. Good comedy can continue then. Oh, which is, you know, really all that we care about. <laughs> I feel horrible now. I'm a horrible person. As Take well that little should. kid. Okay, we have vamped long enough. Okay, we're on minute 39. Everything's for a reason. And I ruined the magic by telling you what the reason is. Um, Because Samsung is such a hot commodity right now. Eh? I, I like. I see what you did there. Yeah, ha I Huawei, feel you. Yeah, Huawei has decided to copy them with the new Mate Nine. Um, they have leaked some renders. EV Leaks, who's always the first to get these, has leaked out ones. And honestly, if they didn't have the Huawei name on it, I would think these were Samsung devices. There's two different ones. There's the Mate 9, which uh, is a 5.7-inch screen, 1440 display, has all the uh, the stats that you would expect. Um, wait, no, is it 5.7 or 5.9? Hmm. I don't know. It's 5.9. So it's a phablet. Uh, Octa-core processor, 6 gigs of RAM, um, Leica 20-megapixel dual-sensor camera, it's it's quite powerful, and it looks like a Samsung. But then, then there's the second phone. The second one is a curved screen one and is a dead ringer for the Note 7 or the S7 Edge. Like, you cannot tell the difference. Now, the Huawei won't really say what it has. It just says it's much the same, but it has most premium specifications. And you can't buy that one here in the U.S. The curved screen one will only be available in China. Now, if they wanted to really copy Samsung, the picture of the curved one should be on fire. That was uh, that was a missed opportunity from Huawei's marketing team. Is that how they're avoiding a, a patent infringement lawsuit? <laughs> Ours is different. You don't understand. Ours doesn't kill you. 
<laughs> Ours will not smoke. Now, the reason why the curved screen one is only for sale in China is because if they sold it anywhere else, they would get slapped with a copyright infringement so fast they wouldn't be able to recover it. So because Huawei is a Chinese company, they'll all sell it in China. And Chinese people will say, oh, this isn't a copy. We don't understand what you're talking about because that's what China does. Yeah. Which sounds incredibly racist of me, but then you go to CES and walk the floor. <laughs> true. That is true. No, no, we made this. No, this is called the PlayStation Vita. I don't know what this PlayStation is you're talking about. We made this. <laughs> so much fun, isn't it? Dirty Chinese. Wow. We haven't, like, gone like after a particular country for what an episode or two so well done zook yeah i shouldn't say dirty chinese that's racist dirty shenzhen electric limited because <laughs> evidently all those com companies are all named that yeah hooray for communist economy okay um let's go into some fun news from the fcc it hasn't been fun oh yeah no well yeah it's been a little fun. Comcast is in some hot water. And for the first time in a long time, I want to say, it's not from a technical standpoint. It's not because they've been throttling people's speeds or capping their data transfers, which they've talked about doing. It's not for providing less service than they were contractually obligated or blocking out other people or giving higher priority to certain services like they've done in the past. Like those are all technical things that we've reported on many times and not just Comcast, all of them. It seems to be if they're going to get slapped by something from the FCC, that's it. Right? Yep. Uh, no, it turns out they were just straight up mischarging customers which seems almost like a simple thing to get fined for, but it's the biggest fine the FCC has ever fined, has ever put down. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. $2.3 million fine. Now, the fine itself is pocket change to Comcast. Yes. Um, it, it, it won't set them back in the slightest. No, that's just a slap on the wrist. The real impact, the real punishment is what comes with it. Uh, regulators will now monitor Comcast for the next five years to make sure they are adhering to what they should be doing and clean up their practice. And we should specifically say, you kind of alluded to it a minute ago, Zook, but the FCC actually received over a thousand complaints from Comcast customers who said that they were charged for premium channels, cable boxes, DVRs, and other stuff that they never actually ordered or received. So, I mean, they're they're basically robbing people is mm -hmm. what they're doing. And what it probably was was a whole bunch of salespeople trying to uh, hit quotas or get Kind of like with the Wells Fargo thing. Exactly, exactly. Um, now, the reason I say that the regulator part is the actual punishment is is because I'm going through an audit right now at work, my second one of the year, and there is no greater hell on this world or any others than an auditor looking over your shoulder for any amount of time, making sure everything is following some strict arbitrary code, whether that code is meant to protect someone, whether there's a good reason for it or not. Now imagine that hell for five years. 
That's unpleasant. That is beyond unpleasant. It's enough to make people leave their jobs. But when it's happening to the entire company, where do you go? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's right up there with O.J. Simpson not going to prison for murdering his wife and her lover, but instead getting sued into oblivion. It's kind of that, mm, yeah, we can't give you an actual punishment. We're just going to make you wish you were dead. And ironically, he went to prison for kidnapping. It was kind of due. You, you, you knew he was going to... You, when it happened, you weren't really surprised. You know, I just wonder, you know, why he had to go kidnap people when he really should be out on those golf courses looking for the real killer. That's... I, I just never understood that. Right, right. It's all about color, man. <laughs> Uh, on that note, on that uh, you, note, you just mentioned Comcast and their data caps. I did, I did, and the reason being was because uh, that was our next headline. Comcast has started to roll out their one terabyte data caps. Now uh, we we've talked about this before. They started where was it? Atlanta? Yeah, somewhere in the south. It, well, it was some stupid pilot program. Hey. If you want, we'll cut $5, and I'm making this up now because I don't remember the actual stats, but it was something along the lines of, hey, if you let us, we'll cut your bill by like $10 a month, and in return, cap you at 500 megabytes or gigabytes of data. And that way, hey, it's a cheaper bill. And if you go over that, it's another $5 per gigabyte. Yeah. And we were like, that is the stupidest idea ever, because all you have to do is hit like 52 gigabytes and you have completely ruined your discount and potentially put yourself into a lot more money. And they were opening up. It was an optional thing. And we told people don't ever go for that. Well, they've decided they're just going to do it now. So they're going to start uh, rolling it out across the entire U S if you go over one terabyte in a month, you will face charges. If you want to have unlimited data, that's $50 extra. Now, it is easy to say that one terabyte you will never, ever, ever hit. Ever. But you'd be wrong. Um, this day and age, I'm, I'm using a laptop right now that has a 4K display. Okay? Streaming a 4K movie or a 4K YouTube video, just YouTube from the browser, eats up around 500 megs of data. Megabytes, not megabits, megabytes. It's a 500 megabyte YouTube video. That's seven minutes of video at 4K. Imagine that for an entire movie. And then imagine that for a movie a day for an entire month. Now, uh, you take this because you've cut the cord. I'm going to look up a stat here real fast. So you, you tell me how this would affect it. If theoretically you, this were to happen to you, what would happen? Um, you know, I, I'd probably get screwed. Although I don't use 4k. Uh, I was talking to a couple of my coworkers though. The other day they came in, they were mad. They got a, they got a letter from Comcast saying, this is how it's going to be. And they both said, you know, right now it's not a problem because I'm only using 200, 200 gigs, 200 gigs a month. So, I mean, I'm a far way off from that one terabyte, 
but what happens when I upgrade to a 4K TV? What happens when I start getting all my stuff in in ultra high def? You know, like like you were just talking there, Zook. It's going to add up really quickly. And and one point that they that one guy in particular mentioned is right now it's at a terabyte. How long until they drop that down to 750 gig or 500 gig? And say, if you want to go up to a terabyte, we'll charge you this much. Kind of like they've done with cell phone plans, data plans for a while. Used to be unlimited. Oh, and then you get two gigs of data. And now it's kind of creeping back up there. But, you know, all of a sudden this data is a highly sought after commodity that you have to pay through the nose for. Mm-hmm. And I, I can totally see Comcast doing that where they introduce it now and in a year from now they drop it and in a year from then, two years from now, they drop it until you're getting 250 gigs and anything above that you have to pay for well, in addition to what you already pay. Let's not just talk about streaming either. You know, If you're a gamer, oh, well, gaming doesn't transfer that much information. Oh, you're right, except for the fact that most games are now digitally downloaded to your console or PC. So yeah. um, what I was looking up here while, while you were talking, I, I went to my router's page because my router actually does a deep packet inspection. It tells me where all my data is going. In the last eight days since I reset my router, I upgraded the firmware and I reset it and it reset all the counters. In the last eight days, my household has transferred 297 gigabytes. In eight days? In eight days. Wow. That's a lot. That is a lot. And most of it is streaming media. 119 gigabytes of it is streaming media. I'm just saying, look, people, a terabyte isn't what you think it is. It's not enough. No, it's not. And, you know, I I was just looking up. I, I saw something the other day. There's a new video game coming out soon that was just announced. Uh, I can't remember what it is, but the download is 132 gigs. That is a big video game. I mean, Fallout 4, I mean, you're looking at like 30 gig just for Fallout, 30 to 60, depending. But, I mean, 132 gig for a video game, it's, yeah, it's not just if you watch Netflix. It's basically, if you are online, you're going to start needing to worry about data caps. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I just, you know, um, not last week, but the week before, my favorite was Forza Horizon 3. I had that digitally delivered to my console because why wouldn't you? It was 39 gigs. Yeah. And then because I got it as a bundle and because it's an, an, an Xbox Anywhere game, it also installed on my laptop another 39 gigs. This is the future. Everything streams. Get used to it, people. Mm-hmm. Um, or... Be prepared to pay out the $50 extra for Unlimited. Last headline, and it's an annoying one. We discussed last week, and it has been in the news quite a bit, how Yahoo, it turns out, was not just complicit, but actually quite uh, helpful with the NSA in scanning your email and reporting on your data. Well, that may put a bad taste in people's mouth, and it may be time for them to finally move away from Yahoo. However, if you have a Yahoo address, chances are good you want to keep it, and so it's time to set up an auto-forwarder. 
something that automatically delivers your mail to an actual other email address. I do this for my Gmail. You know, I have a Gmail address, but I actually don't use Gmail anymore. I use Outlook. My Microsoft account is my Gmail address. That's what I use to log into my Xbox, my computer. Everywhere I log into Microsoft, I actually log in with a Gmail account using an auto-forwarder. It's a strange thing, then, that suddenly Yahoo has turned off its email forwarder. <laughs> and I, I love I love their, like, excuses with this. I mean, they say that it's... It, uh, they turned it off so that they can improve it. And while they're, while they're improving it, they've disabled it, you know, because reasons. It's just very suspicious. And, you know, you think about it, email forwarding has been around for how many years? What does Yahoo really need to do to improve upon it? How can you improve upon it? Email comes in one box. It says, oh, I have a rule set up to send it to this box. And it goes to that box. How do you improve that? Maybe by not being Yahoo. Probably. Look, I'm, I'm going to be perfectly honest here, people. If you still have a Yahoo email address, you probably should have changed long ago. Don't worry about forwarding. Burn that bridge and just move on. Well, you know, I have a Yahoo email address, which is why they've been hacked and stuff. Um, but That's why. That's why Operation Hacks On has been in effect. Yeah, but the interesting thing is with it, Gmail wasn't always a thing. And so people had AOL, they had Yahoo, they had these other email accounts. I had Yahoo. And so, you know, I've I've got it and I use it as a burner basically now for any spam that I know that I'm going to get. So, yeah. And unfortunately, I don't know my password because I have to change it like every 30 minutes with these fools. <laughs> All right. Well, into our favorites this week. Um, we have some interesting ones. Mine is incredibly depressing. And you probably shouldn't watch it if you don't have a, a real strong constitution about it. As a kid, I was fascinated with the Titanic. Um, I had a book written by Robert D. Ballard. Uh, it went into great detail about the Titanic, about its history, about its sinking, about how they discovered it again, what they found. It had huge color pictures. Um, it was just amazing. And for a long time, I wanted to be an underwater archaeologist because of Robert D. Ballard. I had his books on the Bismarck and the Titanic. When the movie, when James Cameron's Titanic came out, I saw that movie probably more times than I should admit. I went on a lot of dates. And everyone else loved the the love story. I loved the Titanic because the amount of detail that went into it, it was probably the closest thing I'd ever see to actually witnessing the ship sink. Uh, there was an old video game back in the day, an old CD-ROM video game that uh, Titanic ship in time or something like that, where you were an agent that went back in time to try and stop a terrorist on the Titanic uh, and ensure that the Titanic sank from natural reasons and not got blown up and started a war. And there was a side part of the game where you could go into a different mode and it became a ship simulator. The game wasn't running. It was just the ship and you could go around and the ship was entirely recreated room for room, foot for foot. And you could just walk around this empty Titanic. And it was amazing. Um, graphics were crap, but it was amazing. So this other game company has just come out with a simulation 
where they animate the sinking of the Titanic in real time. Um, in case you didn't know, the ship takes almost two and a half hours to sink. It's kind of horrific. Especially when you consider that's almost as long as the actual movie Titanic. Yeah. That's that's really fascinating, though. And, and think about that. You know that you're going to die. And, you know, you saw some of that in James Cameron's movie. But you know you're going to die. And you've got two and a half hours to have your come to Jesus moment as you're preparing for death. I mean, that, now, that's just crazy. To be fair, um, mercifully, this video does not show the entire um the entirety of the horror because uh even after titanic goes under the waves help didn't show up for another hour and 40 minutes so this could have been a four-hour movie of just people freezing to death in the water thankfully it's not that i find it fascinating it's maybe not our happiest favorite ever but if this is a subject that interests you it's a really cool video it, it really is i haven't watched the whole thing because i don't have two hours 41 minutes and 18 seconds to watch it but no, use it, use it as a punishment for the kids. It is, you don't get those chores cool. down. We're going to sit down and we're going to watch the Titanic sink. Well, and there's the audio and stuff as well. Like when the smokestack goes in, you know, you hear it breaking and then you see it fall and splash into the water and you hear the. It's very cool. Favorite zoo. Well done. Uh, my favorite this week. Uh, we started off talking politics. Let's let's finish talking politics. Uh, there's a website, 270towin.com, 270towin, and it looks at the uh, election map from an electoral college standpoint. That's that's cool, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all fine and good, but the real cool part about it is they have a link on the homepage that takes you to a historical elections timeline, and you can view every election, how it was decided by the electoral college Dating back to the first election in eighteen, or excuse me, in seventeen eighty nine, when George Washington went up against John Adams and others. Uh, obviously, George Washington won, but did you know he won with sixty nine electoral college votes compared to John Adams is thirty four? You can see the breakdown, and you can go for every election. It is fascinating to see the breakdown. How you know. Which states are red? Which states are blue? The 19, 1980 election, pretty impressive for Ronald Reagan, but you check 1984, even more so. Um, if you're a history nerd, if you like politics, if you're interested in, in the presidential election this time around, this is a cool site to check out. I highly recommend it. And you may, if you're a history nerd like me, you may end up spending quite a significant amount of time my favorite thing about this is when you go through the timeline, it's like, okay, so select the year 1984, and it shows how the Electoral College broke down and who won. But below it actually says the facts. 1984, Mondale's running mate, Ger Geraldine A. Farrow, is the first woman Ferraro. on a major... Ferraro, thank you. First woman on a major party presidential ticket. Reagan received 525 electoral votes and over 54 million popular votes. Um, it's a record that stands to this day. Issues of the day were recession, subsequent recovery, defense spending. It tells that about every single election, which I think is kind of fascinating too. It's like, what issues were they voting on? Oh yeah. So 
Yeah, and in the first one, 1789, one of the big issues, ratification of the U.S. Constitution. So Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. But no, this, this is a cool site. This is a very cool site. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our show this week. Um, yeah. Thanks for the feedback. We want more. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Thanks for all the comments on our Facebook as well. We've been posting some pictures, and it seems to be getting people laughing. Uh, until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.